Greetings and welcome to the Mr. Science Show, the podcast where science meets pop culture. My name is Mark West. And if you're a regular listener, you'll probably know that we haven't put out an episode for some time. Indeed, this is the first of 2011. I've been off having babies, but I've finally dragged myself back into the studio. And this week, we're recommencing our regular segment, The Science of Superheroes, with my favourite expatriate scientist, Dr. Boob. Now, young Dr. Boob has also had some life upheavals recently, moving from Ireland to the US, and he's also an uncle for the first time. Congratulations, Uncle Boob. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the science of Harry Potter. Can we make the spells of the Harry Potter world come true in either the laboratory or in the real world? And even after this chat, I'm really not sure if we're going to be able to do it. But get comfortable, sit back, and tune in to this first episode of The Science of Harry Potter. I thought I might start by asking you, um, because we haven't heard from you for a while. I mean, we haven't heard from the podcast at all for a while, but have you missed us, Dr. Boob? Dreadfully, dreadfully. The only satisfaction I could get, which was pretty poor, was going back over all those old podcasts and working through them one by one. And it's not quite the same, is it? But you've you've also no. you've moved from university to a research institute now, and you've moved from That's... Ireland to the US. So you've really hit the big time. Uh, I I would like to think I have. Yes, I, I yeah made a big change and. Ended up in Boston, which is as close to Ireland as you can get in the States. Yeah, that's right. It was St. Patrick's Day on the weekend, too. Was it big? It was. Oh, parades, everyone in green, and I managed to get to an Irish pub and watch the Irish play in the rugby. And the Irish win in the rugby as well. It was an excellent game. Oh, I'm very excited about that. Um, so today we're going to talk about uh, the science of Harry Potter, or we're going to start because we're probably going to do a few episodes on it. And... Um, First thing I guess we, we talk about is wands and spells because that's kind of the core of wizardry and witchcraft, isn't it? Sort of spells. It is. Yeah. So what do you what do you think? Is there any way we could sort of is there any way we can make spells actually happen in the lab in real life? Well, to be honest, there are certain certain spells which we would just not not have a chance at uh, making. So we've just kind of pushed a lot of them off to the side, and we're going to conveniently ignore them. Fair enough. So we're going to have a chat about some of the more achievable ones. Okay. Ones that are actually realistic in this, this day and age, but I suspect instead of a simple wand, as you see in the movies, it's going to be more like an enormous club possibly attached to a utility belt and a mobile generator. But <laughs> we'll see how we get on. So tell me then, what's the first spell we're going to look at? I think the first spell we should look at is one which is used quite a bit through the books and the movies, and that's Lumos. 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 It's basically where you get a bit of light out of the tip of your wand. Okay. This sounds... I think we can achieve this quite adequately already with a torch. Yeah, I think we've kind of... We solved that a while ago, didn't we? Even even just putting, you know, fire on the end of a stick. You know. Yes. Oh, that was that was achieved some, some centuries ago, so I think... I think we can tick that box, and so our wand at this stage looks like 
a mag light. A mag light. And presumably, yeah. you know, we have the technology to make these things voice activated. So you could make it recognize your voice and you could say Lumos yeah. and it could turn Lumos, on. Lumos and then away you go. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's that's solved. What what's a, what's the next the next in line of difficulty? Well, I'd say the next in line would pos- possibly even be easier than than that would be uh, Aguamenti, which shoots a jet of water out the end of the wand. Okay, so this is some more bad Latin here from um, yes, some some uh, <laughs> J.K. Rowling. The, the source of these uh, spells is not the most difficult to work out. <laughs> so what I'm thinking here is if we strap a super soaker water pistol to the torch, yes. And then we've got our jet of water ready to go. So I mean, the drawback here is that you have to carry around some water. That's true. And the wand's getting big now, isn't it? It's not just a flip out of your pocket. Oh, strap yourself in. The wand's only going to get bigger from here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, assuming that there's some, uh, you know, you could imagine you could carry around water on your back and there might be a tiny little yeah. pipe which has some high flow rate or something. You could maybe yes, keep it small. Yeah, it's all doable. If you don't want to strap an entire water pistol to your torch, you could have one of those camelback type backpack things and the tubing going down. Well, one of those things that people wear on their heads at football with the little tubes oh, coming out the, the side. The, the to, two, to drink two cans on the. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so we, we could have that. We could definitely do that. Absolutely. All right. Now, I suppose if you wanted to get technical here, the spell probably creates water. And so if we wanted to make water, I'm. The best way of making water, I don't know. Do we need to carry around a hydrogen fuel cell? We might need to carry around a hydrogen fuel cell. And it'd probably release a lot of energy, wouldn't it, at the same time? It would. It might power the torch quite nicely. It would power the torch quite nicely, but it wouldn't produce much water. No. Liquid's taking up far less volume than than gases. You might produce a drop, I guess. Which, yeah, may not satisfy your need for... Aguamenti. That's right, that's right. So we're doing a bit of chemistry. We're uh, combining the hydrogen fuel cell with yeah. oxygen in the air, uh, releasing yes. energy, powering the torch, but only maybe producing a drop. So it's kind of a bit of a failed. Well, so I, I think maybe in terms of making water, we might might give it a, a miss and just say that we're carrying around our super soaker. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Or you use water at hand. Maybe you just yeah. dip it in the local pool. Oh, yeah. Siphon off a bit of local water. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Third in line. Third in line. I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't ranked these. I'm just going off the first page of my notes at this point. There's probably some easier ones coming up, but we'll we'll come to them anyway. Um, But I do have Alohomora in here. Mm -hmm. Do you want to uh, put your sleuthing skills to the test and tell me what that spell is? I've got my year 12 Latin HSC coming out here. What what was it again? Alohomora. Alohomora. Yes. Uh, it sounds like, I don't know, like a colloquial way of saying hello to Halora in the street. Hello, Halora. Hello, Amora. Yeah. Um, I do know Amora, um, oh. so it would be a Hawaiian saying hello to Mora. Yes, that's right. Um, it actually is a spell to open locked doors. Okay. As you do. Uh, as you do, as every wizard needs to get through. Locked door. So what we can do here is, well, there's two options. We could just carry around a lock-picking kit. And, uh, yeah, locksmiths <laughs> are, are pretty pretty handy with these lock-picking kits. So, yes. yeah, tag along with one of them for the day, train yourself up, grab some lock-picks, and 
this is where our Batman utility belt might be more handy than the actual wand. So you just, we're just becoming more skilled. So the wand itself is not... Um, we're not going to do it at a distance. No, no, that, that would be impossible. You'd have to be at the, at the lock. Uh, there are things called pick guns, which are basically automated lock pickers. And, you know, you... But it's still, you have to go to the, the actual lock and, and fire the gun at the... Okay. The lock itself. Automated lock pickers sound interesting. You could you could imagine maybe we could fire it at it if you were you know accurate enough. Yeah, that's well no because the it still has the the pick so the the metal piece that you insert inside the lock is still still part of the gun. It's, it's okay. A poor terminology, I would say. Okay. Okay. So, you, so we're, we're thinking the best way to to do this spell is to just actually send someone to TAFE just for a while. Pick the lock, or just, you know, grab a credit card as well in there, and just try and jimmy the door open that way. Okay. So you need to be skillful. So it's more like Batman, really. He doesn't actually have any superpowers. He's just technologically advanced yeah. and superpowers. Has the right tools. Has the right tools and is smart. Okay. All right. Yeah. What's next in the list? Well, I think that. We can do that, definitely. I think we can do that. So, so far, we've, we do have a utility belt with a lockpick uh, equipment in it and yeah. uh, a, a wand, which is a maglite with, uh, you know, some with connection to water. With a strapped to it. Mm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, there's one of the more famous Harry Potter signature spells, I guess, is Expecto Patronum. Yes. So that's where he gets a nice silvery light stag coming out of the end of his wand and running around scaring away dementors. Protects him from the dementors, yes. Yeah. So assuming that we don't actually have any dementors that we need to scare away, mm. which I think we can do because dementors are obviously made up. Uh, yeah, and this whole science of superheroes is very grounded in fact, isn't it? Grounded in fact. Yes, that's right. So what, what essentially we need is a, a 3D projector. I can see, a, or a hologram. A hologram, yeah, would would be the the idea, the ideal solution. Because when you think about three D projectors, you still need a wall, and you need other people to be wearing the glasses for them to be three D. That's right, yeah. So you need some sort of three dimensional hologram projector attached to the end of your mag light. Yes. So can they do that these days? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Okay. But it seems I like don't... something uh, not too far off because I know people are talking about three D TVs. Eventually, getting to the point where you don't need to wear the yes. wear the glasses. Yeah, that's right, and presumably that would then translate to three D projectors. But again, that's based on a on a flat starting point. That that is so. Uh, so I guess the technology required for holograms would be quite different. I honestly have not looked into the three D holograming situation. But yeah, holograms still kind of work in a in a, in a medium, don't they? Hmm. Hmm. Well, maybe somebody can uh, can write in and tell us tell us uh, how fix advanced that for this us. is. Yeah, because uh, you see, I mean, even back, you know, Star Wars had those. Uh, you know, Princess Leia was 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 produced out of R two D two, wasn't she? When she was calling yes, for help, you know, definitely a three D a three D shape. So in the future, it seems like it's a solvable problem. But at the moment, maybe we need all we need a flat surface to project onto. Um, what, because Star Wars was in the future, it's an achievable option? Uh, there was an unfortunate... I thought um, it was a long time, time ago. Yeah, well, I think I think uh, it was just an unfortunate run of two ideas got to merge together there and made it seem like right. that's what I was saying. Yes. But, uh, 
<laughs> it, no, it was. It was a long, long time ago, wasn't it? A very long time. Ago. I'm not really a Star Wars uh, fan. Well, not enough size. No, not no, no, near enough size. Okay, so, so, so our maglite uh, produces light. Well, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe our wand actually produces light through this three D projector, which is in front of it. Yeah, so I think we might be able to work something there. We roll those into, and it's voice activated. Picks up yes. the different, the different uh, commands. Exactly, it would know whether just to do some light or, or the actual animal in question. Yeah, sort of. You'd probably need a, a nice computer programmer mate who would actually, you know, create the right image for you to. That's project. right. You'd need, yeah, maybe somebody, a graphical artist or, um, or a gamer or something, somebody that, that, that makes these things. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Now, I guess there's a, a few other things that we might be able to do with our torch that, that come in handy. Mm. So there's a, a spell that uh, Harry picks up off uh, the Half-Blood Prince in that book where it's called Sectum Sempra. Uh-huh. And he employs that on uh, first one is Draco Malfoy, and it basically just slices him open, and he's bleeding all over the place. Oh right. That's so. A, hmm. What I'm thinking here is if we can get this maglite slash 3D projector to be some sort of laser mm. as well. That's what I was thinking. If you want to make it invisible, it could be um, maybe at higher frequencies or something. Yeah, if we just change the wavelength there, we can. We get a nice, powerful laser going. Yes, yes, and that could that would certainly slice somebody open, wouldn't it? Certainly do that. In fact, in um, in my nine notes, I have written here that they've um, already tested a, a laser capable of producing a hundred kilowatt beam. Now, to put that in context, that would be enough to destroy an aeroplane or a tank. Right. So this now, is... if if we're going back to our hydrogen generator um, option for the the water, I think. We might be able to work something out in terms of the energy required to make such a laser. Well, I think we're starting to maybe move along the lines of a little portable nuclear pack. That's true. That That's might, true. That might have the. That might. That might. That that'll produce a bit more power. It might also have the um, uh, byproduct. I mean, this produces radiation. Maybe we can mm. harness some of this radiation as part of the weapon. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> turn yourself into the human radioactive. I think we we might turn ourselves into the Hulk if we're not careful. Yeah, that's true. And we, we've done the science of the Hulk, have we not? So we've, um, we've covered covered the Hulk. So uh, yeah, I, I recommend listeners go back and, and have a listen to that to see what some of the effects are of being exposed to radiation. See see what might happen if you strap a nuclear generator onto your back. Yeah, that's right. Well, like in Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters they were nuclear generators. Well, that's they were, true. They were. I mean, they were proton packs. Weren't they? Mm. I'm sure he didn't shoot protons, and they kind of were really wavy beams. Which you know, I'm sure when you shot protons, they'd probably be dead straight. But um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, good. <laughs> <laughs> Another one for All the right. future: the science of Ghostbusters. All right, so so <laughs> maybe we're producing a laser uh, using a nuclear-powered device. Yes, uh, which, I, uh, which is miniaturized, so that's good. That's small. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, so something else we can do with our maglite slash laser slash 3D projector would be uh, would help us for aparesium, which is a spell to make invisible ink appear. Aha, uh-huh, yep. So if you're looking at invisible inks, I mean, there's there's quite a few variations in some of these. Um, a, a lot of them are pH-based, so if you change the, the pH of the paper by spraying on an acid or a base, then you can make the pH indicator change color and therefore appear on the page. Yep, yep. But one of the others is that there are some inks that are visible only under ultraviolet light. Mm-hmm. And so when you... Sh- you know, show show the paper under an ultraviolet lamp, the, the writing appears. So if we have a UV filter on our mag light, yeah. it would work for certain. Certain invisible, invisible inks. inks. It seems like we're kind of we're moving down the line of uh, what, what we need, our wand. It, it needs to have like a... Con- needs to produce uh, electromagnetic radiation at a tunable frequency, at a tunable mm. power. So we could... Uh, we could tune it to visible light uh, so you can see stuff. You can tune it down to ultraviolet light um, or you can turn up the power if you want to burn somebody or, or yeah. cut them open. Um, well, you could possibly even use such a laser on a, on a lock and open the door. E- interesting idea. Especially or just cut, cut your way through the door. Or you could just cut your way through the door. And you could imagine that this would be all voice, voice activated. You oh, could, absolutely. You could have it all set, your presets, and then you say uh, slicing spell or or whatever it was. This is Emperor. Yeah, this is uh, this is good. I li- I'm liking where this is headed. It's very technological. It's technical, but it and this is of course nowhere near my field of expertise, but it seems to be working. Well, maybe we can bring it back to your uh, field of expertise. What um what's next on the list? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> good, good segue, Mark. <laughs> good segue. Very nice. Um, yeah, the the closest thing I have to my actual field of expertise actually still comes under invisible inks. Oh, okay. Uh, and that would be that um, a lot of UV visible inks are actually made of body fluids. Really? Such as semen, serum, saliva, and milk. Ah, that's why it's And all, it's uh, always... if you cast your mind to um, CSI when they visit a crime scene and spray everything down with their little squeegee bottles... Hmm. And then shine a UV light over it with their funky orange glasses. Yep. That's exactly what they're looking for, those body fluids. I always like, uh, you know, you go 10-pin bowling and they've got the, uh, the the UV lights there or you go out. Oh, disco and, uh, bowling. No. Yeah, yeah, disco bowling. And then you can see all the stains on people's pants. It's pretty funny. Yes. <laughs> Um, so how do how do the how maybe how do the how do the uh, goggles how do the goggles work uh, that you have to wear to um, to see this stuff? I think it's they're more for protection. All oh, right. Okay. Um, we use a lot of UV light uh, in the laboratory ourselves, and, and we only we don't wear orange glasses, but we do wear protective okay. gear because UV light is particularly damaging for the eyes. Certainly directed in the in the um, amounts that you would would get from a, a lamp, and uh, and so the idea is that this this material, it, 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 it's a visible light. It sort of uh, how does it it's work? a very faint uh, fluorescence, and so under normal you know, daylight, it's it is fluorescing, but it's not actually you know, visible okay. to all the other light that's around. But when you when you use this, I think it's luminol. It's called it accentuates and this 
fluorescence and then under UV light when it's concentrated UV light it's quite quite visible okay interesting interesting and uh, well that 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 I can imagine is very compact you can put all this into a into a wand um, yeah uh, even if, even if you had to spray um, the uh, spray the material with this, the, the this luminol, luminol, well then yeah. you could add that to your uh, super soaker. You could that that's in the super soaker pack. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. That's good. Uh, I, I'm I'm starting to get a vision of what this wand might look like. What's what's yeah, next? It's, you're thinking of the Ghostbusters, aren't you? I I am. I'm starting. Totally. I'm starting to think of the of Ghostbusters. Yeah. Hopefully, in the future, uh, we can miniaturize all of that. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, let's uh, let's add another layer on here, and let's go for uh, Accio or Asio. I'm not sure how the how the pronunciation is. Uh, it's A double C I O. I think he says Accio in the movies. Accio. All right, and that's to make things come to him. Yes. Now, from my own suspicions here, what we're talking about is magnets. It seems like yeah, some force at a distance or uh, some. Oh, I don't know. Something I'm not sure already set up. Really work for us. No, point. not on command either. No. No. So, so I think if we had an electromagnet where we could crank up the power, and as long as the object we wanted to to get was magnetized. Yes, but you'd. I guess the problem with that is you'd see everything else. You'd you'd collect everything else in the area that was also magnetized, wouldn't it? Wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Yes, um, I. You're getting a bit nitpicky here. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Um, <laughs> you come up with a better idea than a magnet, then. Yeah, well, I was just yeah. thinking that the uh, I can remember him saying Akio Firebolt to get his um uh, to get yeah, his broom, his and, broom, and it sort of comes from trophy. it comes from the other side of the world, pretty much. Um, well, you know, from a kilometre <laughs> away. So <laughs> if he wanted to say. Get our watch uh, from a kilometre away, and we cranked up the electromagnet mm. to work on that. We imagine that we'd yes, we'd probably destroy the odd train or car. <laughs> That's or right. You'd have to have a very powerful magnet. Um, mm. So uh, Look, it's not without problems. It's not without problems. I fully, fully agree with that. You could have something highly directional. But then, Highly directional magnet, but I don't that think that uh, I'd have to, I'd have to, someone would have to correct me here. But I don't know that you can do that with magnetic fields. I think they're likely to, uh, you know, I don't know how directional you can make them. Yeah, so, I don't, don't know that I can answer that. But an electromagnet is an interesting idea. You could, with the power you're generating from your nuclear uh, device, yeah, you uh, power an electromagnet. Uh, yeah, so electromagnets. They work with basically a core of, say, uh, steel, and you wrap a uh, copper wire around it in uh, lots of circles, and you run a current through the copper wire, generating electric, electric uh, magnetic field that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now this wouldn't work on anything that's non-magnetic either. So non-metals, yeah, plastics, right. we've got a bit of a problem. Yeah. Um, so unless we, we you know pre-set up some elaborate string system whereby anything you could ever want is is connected <laughs> physically to your wand and you just yes. pull it. And you yank it. And you yank it, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe with some voice-activated um, command system. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's going to work. Or the only other voice-activated command sort of Akio would be if it was your pet dog that you yes. wanted to. 
Come yes. to heal. <laughs> yes, so it could work on um, uh, intelligent trained beings. animals, trained yeah. animals, humans, um, Akio yeah. wife. Well, and then trained <laughs> animals uh, don't really have free will, I guess. Yes, that's true too, and they could only work where they could hear you. I was just thinking, you know, if if, if we, back to our magnetic idea, it could work on some things. Back to this voice-activated idea, if you attached a little device, voice-activated device, which um, which turned on the um, the the mag the an electromagnet on everything that yep. you own. So if you said Akio um, oh, underwear, yeah. uh, there'd be a tiny a little, little thing. metal strip there. And... Yeah, yeah. Um, but then still, you're going to get everything else that's mag magnetized in the in the area, and it's only going to work as far as it can hear you. Well, no, you could send a wireless signal. Of course. Yeah. Um, you could have uh, speakers in, in your house or... Yeah, speakers in your house or just a little device mm. like a 3G, like a mobile phone could work on yeah. a 3G network. Yeah, use the 3G. Yeah. Um, and then and that using a little, little... Using that information, it could switch on an electromagnet, become magnetised and come to you. Um, but I'm not sure about that. But it's an interesting idea. I like this idea that we could put chips in things and then... Yeah. And, and activate and activate something, yeah. Um, or they could, yeah. I don't know. That's an interesting idea. That's something else for it's, our listeners. It's to... the best that we can work on. I, I think. That, I think we could. We could. Yeah. Because we've got Get a. There. there, there is this sort of uh, insurpassable problem here that the things have to fly to you to get to you. Yes. And it's, I mean, if they had wheels, you know. That's right. They, they could they could roll, but yeah, there seems to be a, a small problem I, there with just getting. I guess the the other option would be carrying around a small sidekick who would run and fetch things for you. That's right, that would work. Well, and this could be the dog as well. I this suppose. this this could be the dog. Maybe the dog. Well, it, it might have. Yes, fetch. Go yeah. fetch. Yeah, I, it's a, it's an old fashioned solution. We're not, we didn't we never said that we had to be um, cutting edge to solve these problems, no. did we? That's right. Look, if if it's a solution, if it ain't broke. <laughs> Well, or, yeah. Um, <laughs> so do we have any spells that you reckon we might be able to actually uh, do? No, let's let's um, keep it on uh, some sort of yeah, vague sense. So I was looking at um, there's a, another very frequently used one, particularly I think we'll see a lot of it in the next instalment, the final instalment of the movie franchise, and that's Expelliarmus. Mm, it's always there, that's, yeah. Yeah, the disarming uh, charm spell. Yes. And I've kind of combined this with Confundo and Stupefy, which again I think Stupefy you'll see a fair bit of in the in the upcoming film. Yeah. And that's basically disarming or confusing the victim or stunning them. Yep. Yep. And so what I'd like to do to our Ghostbuster esque nuclear generator light projector is attach a stun gun. A stun gun. So um yeah. like a, a taser. taser. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Interesting. 
Yeah. And I know there's I mean, there's work. It, it, oh, sorry. Go on. Well, I know that there's work at, uh, going on in various parts of the world on making tasers that work without the wires as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so whether there's a portable or a battery that gets fired along with the the projectile and that yeah, sort of powers the electric stun. Well, I mean even without the electrodes, like sort of shooting them with electricity oh, with... at a distance sort of thing. Oh, wow. Okay. But I don't know much more than that. I just know it's happening. But yeah, so something that some some sort of taser attached to it that would work for Stupefy. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it won't be as confusing or disorienting as as some of the spells, but at the end of the day, it will be quite uh, quite effective. I think and certainly I think slowing them down. You could also dazzle them with with the laser light. Absolutely, shoot them in the eyes, which is. It's, it's, I always found this funny about the Geneva con- Convention. You can't shoot somebody in the eyes with a laser to blind them, but you can shoot them in the head and kill them. But uh, against the Geneva Convention to, to actually blind somebody with a laser in, in war. Uh, I see, but, but not in soccer, is that right? Well, you can dazzle them. Yeah, soccer, there's those things. So. <laughs> yeah, there seems to be a rather frequent use of lasers in yeah. targeting soccer players. Yeah. So maybe something like that. We could, we could uh, so some sort of, so some sort of taser or perhaps some sort of um, laser... Laser dazzle would work. Yeah, I think. Well, we could do both. Why not? Or you could even work on the other senses. You could sound generation. Well, yes. There's also the 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 spell where they amplify their voices. So we could just stick a mega megaphone on the. Yep. Well, there's all sorts of really cool uh, cool things that they use to deter people, um, so that you don't have to shoot them. Essentially, keep them away from important things. Directed sounds you can you could you can disorient somebody quite well by by uh, pretty much like not bursting their eardrums but putting so much sound into them that especially if you're dazzling them with light at the same time like playing Barry Manilow at a very loud volume at like playing like playing Barry Manilow that would work <laughs> <laughs> that would disorient me I tell you that or you know that uh, you know that I wouldn't know what to do what about that mosquito noise you know that noise that they say that young young people can hear but older people can't. I can't hear it anymore. It's a very high frequency. Oh yes. Um, you could play that if you're, yes, you know, in, we could definitely if, if you're at Hogwarts and you want to get rid of Malfoy or you know one of those another other annoying little kids. You, uh, well, presumably, um, yeah, you'd be a teacher to employ that. I mean, uh, Harry himself would be that's subjected true. to the same. He'd have to put on headphones, wouldn't he? Yeah, earplugs. Yeah, earplugs. Or it could be directed. You know, shot shot straight at the guy. So some sort true. of um, some sort of a. Taste uh, some sort of sense sensor baffling is another idea for for um for this. Yeah. So you think Expelleramos that that's the best way to do that one as well? Just 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 disorient them so much they just drop this drop their bundle. Pretty much that, and give them a taste if that doesn't work. If that doesn't work, that's an interesting idea. Um, I mean, you could also try the Accio uh, spell if what they <laughs> happen to be holding <laughs> you've already wired up with your three G chip so- and. All sorts of flying metal headed in their direction. Yeah, that would also <laughs> that would work too. Um, <laughs> I'd be coming at you rather than them, I suppose. <laughs> I also read. I remember reading a New Scientist like ten years ago. So somebody would have to correct me on this. That's, that there was research being done into smells because mm. uh, you know smells can be really uh, disorienting too. Um, you know, at, at low at low concentrations, some smells smell really nice in perfumes, but in high concentrations, they make you throw up, um, and that sort of thing. You know, maybe maybe there's some work that could be done with with smells. 
I don't know how we'd put that into our want. No, I don't know. And, and having that directional is interesting too because presumably whatever's doing this, making the smell would kind of float around in the air as well, not like laser light, which just yeah, shines you'd need, and it's gone. You'd need nose plugs as well as earplugs. Yeah, they'd spot you coming in, I think. You know, these big ears. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be the most subtle. Yeah, apart from the massive <coughs> super soaker and the, 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 the water reservoir you've got strapped to your back. Oh. Well, unless, because we can talk about the invisibility cloak here. Oh, yeah. No, no. Let's, let's move into that. Well, I, I, I have deliberately not covered any invisibility options here because I know that you've covered, covered them yourself repeatedly on Mr. Science. It's true. An informed listener would know that too. Exactly, because I've, as I mentioned before, I've been whiling away the winter months listening to Mr. Science. <laughs> what a way! That's the, that's that's a nice way to spend the winter. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, that would be an option, um, given all the current advancements and possible drawbacks of invisibility research as it stands. <laughs> yeah, I haven't actually looked into it for a little while, but I, I, you keep you keep seeing things in the paper about Harry Potter's invisibility clo cloak, another step closer um so i'm not i'm not sure the actual uh what's actually happened but i think it's all based around these metamaterials which kind of help um which sort of guide light around an object mm. um so it kind of looks like you're looking through them it's all smoke and mirrors it's all smoke and mirrors and magnets <laughs> of course uh, so uh, do we have any further spells oh we've got a few more yeah ah, yes. don't, don't yeah strap yourself in oh. so uh, one of the um, one of the bad curses, which was it, the three unforgivable curses, mm, yes. is uh, Imperio, mm -hmm. where you force your victim to obey your commands. Okay, interesting. I'm sure I'm not the only one here where I'm thinking hypnosis. That would be... How do you do hypnosis from a wand? Well, you'd have to... I mean, the One of the more common methods of hypnosis would be to get the, the person to stare at a bright object and then hold it in front of their eyes and then make them focus on that and, and then basically suggest to them various things and eventually they will become hypnotised. Yes. So this, this feeds in nicely to our, our uh, projector maglite part of the wand. Yes. But... Um, yeah, in terms of actual hypnosis, as you see on you know, those popular stage shows or TV shows of hypnosis, the, the jury's a bit out on how much of that is actually real or not. Mm. So I don't know how successful this would be. Someone would definitely need to do some training. Yeah, and getting your victim to sort of sit down and look at the light or, or follow the yeah. wand might be quite, you know, might not work in a battle situation. It might be difficult on the spur of the moment to to hypnotize someone. Yeah. What about some? What about some chemical? I mean, you could dazzle them maybe, and then they're, they're not necessarily going to do your bidding, though, are they? No, that's right. What about um? What about some chemical? Like like a, I was just thinking, like a truth serum, sodium amytal or something. Uh, that. Yeah. I don't know that that would work. I, I don't. I've I've had a look. Uh, at various chemicals that you could use, uh, and no, I can't. However, this does lead me to um, 
the spell Obliviate, which is the one made famous in the Chamber of Secrets by Gilderoy Lockhart, where he removes the memories uh, of various people and then takes them for his own. Yes. So I was thinking in terms of inducing sudden memory loss. There are two two sort of obvious uh, methods. One is uh, brain trauma. So a blow to the head can often result in in memory loss, uh, short-term memory loss. And this would be a little bit unpredictable in terms of controlling uh, how much memory loss and whatnot. Yeah, quite unpredictable, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and whether or not it actually worked. Yeah. Um, but the other one would be something like Rohypnol. Uh-huh. Now, I don't know anything about the effect of Rohypnol, I certainly... Not, but that, not that you'll admit to, anyway. I wouldn't know how, how pliable the victim would be to suggestion mm. once they're under the effect of the drug, before they actually just more or less pass out. Yeah, yeah. So, so Rohypnol is obviously not sold as that drug name anymore, but it's a very strong... Uh, drug which is used for people severe insomniacs, and that's how they're treated with this drug, and it puts them to sleep. But it does does result in memory loss. And while it's sort of famous as being the date rape drug, um, it's not actually used that much as a date rape drug. In fact, um, it's only according to two surveys that I found, one uh, percent of reported date rapes were involved well involved the use of rohypnol and okay. um, when these were checked by urine tests only 0.33 percent okay so there are other there are other products now are there yes there, there's a, a panel so to speak but yeah rohypnol being the the one whose reputation and it's quite famous but, yeah yeah um, uh, that would be very interesting yeah, yeah. But, it, but the spell, like if I'm remembering rightly, there's no sort of way of uh, pulling out a single uh, memory thread from the no. brain. That's the way they do it, isn't it? It reminds me of like, um, uh, what was the movie? Uh, Eternal Sun... Uh, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That's it, yeah. Uh, yeah, they do go through and, and target specific memories. I know. I, I imagine there's... I know there's a lot of work in... Um, in this area, I don't, I don't know. They've probably worked out. I think I think it's been worked out which parts of the brain hold hold memories and that and that sort of thing. But um, well, that's right. There's a lot of work done using like MRIs and and various other scanners of the brain, and the people being studied are either told to think about particular things or memories or speak in French or a second mm. language or you know, various things like that, and they've map the brain and what parts of the brain do various things quite extensively. It reminds me of that uh, book that you actually put me onto, um, The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat. Yes. Uh, I, the name of the author escapes me right now. It's Oliver Sacks. Oliver Sacks, brilliant book. Um, and all the stories of these people that have various, um, I guess, brain injuries or brain diseases. Neurological Neuro diseases, yeah. Yeah, and the, and the things that the things that happened to them, the people that sort of woke up one day with an appreciation of music and could play the piano and all these sorts of bizarre things. And the, yeah, there's the lady who wakes up and hearing a, a radio broadcast from when she was 14, even though she's in her mid-60s. Yeah. So there's a lot going on in the 
the brain that we're not understanding, but we're getting, oh, I don't know, every day I guess you get closer to it. But interestingly, that does lead me to yet another spell, mm. which is the Legilimens, which is basically mind reading or telepathy. Uh-huh. And it's essentially the same thing. We don't really have any proof that it works. Uh, like the scientific community basically regards it as chance. Yep. Um, but parapsychology is founded on this sort of thing, so they're, they're doing quite a bit. But again, real science not so keen on the whole idea. Well, I know that there's this, there's there's been stuff done with MRIs where, and it's all very controlled experiment sort of thing, mm. but where. Um, Subjects have been shown pictures or whatever, and their memories have been—oh, not memories. Their their brain brains have been read with an MRI or whatnot. Um, and then, um, and so the, the researchers go away, or the computer learns that that's that's that brain's response to that picture. And then later yeah. on, shown the picture again, the computer or the, the researchers can look at the image, can look at the brain scans and go, "Ah, you're looking at that picture," um, which is kind of which is which is mind reading really, but it's all very yeah. controlled and it's just. You know, in this case, maybe there were 20 pictures or 100 pictures or, or whatnot. I can't, I'd have to look up the, the actual research that's been done. But that's completely yeah. different to scanning a, a brain that has a lifetime's worth of, of knowledge and other stuff going on. Yeah, it's a, and I guess in our spur of the moment battle situation, you're not going to have time to sit them down, put them into an MRI and stay still now, think about. Yeah, that's true. You're going to have to do this. Uh, do this at a distance somehow. Do this on the, on the fly, so to speak. Yeah, and I'm not sure whether that's going to be possible. And you you're going to need some sort of supercomputer or quantum computer, I guess. Once we're going to have to carry around some miniature high power computer, possibly an entire research lab of trained scientists working on the data. Yeah, as well as a locksmith. You know, you're carrying around a lot of people everywhere you go. You're going to have this massive entourage, uh, mm. as well people. as a nuclear power generator strapped to your back. Yeah, that's and 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 a and, dog and a, and a dog to go fetch you stuff and a ton of water to shoot people with. Yeah, maybe maybe your entourage, your posse, can carry the water with you, or carry like the boat. I'd hope, yeah. I don't really hope so. Or you'd be as strong as the Hulk, as big as the Hulk to do this. You need to be. So, in in summary, then I've I've noted down the things that we need. Um, our, our wand here is a torch. Mm. It has some super soaker ability. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe through the combination of hydrogen and oxygen, which means you need to carry a hydrogen fuel cell. Um, it's a it's a laser, um, and it probably because we need such a small uh, pack it could be nuclear generated because this laser has to burn people to cut them open it needs to have tunable it needs to have tunable wavelength frequency mm-hmm. uh, and tunable power it needs to be, all, all this needs to be voice activated of course um, it needs to have a 3D projector in it um, mm-hmm. you may need to carry around a, um, a an actual whiteboard or something to project onto perhaps <laughs> Uh, although I, I assume, I assume coming and moving into the future, I assume that we're going to be able to do um, some form of three D holograms. So that that might be solvable. Uh, everything in your life needs to be chipped with something that has some wireless communications, perhaps through the three G network. Um, and all yeah. of these things, they can turn on a little electromagnet. So they can um, then yeah react with the 
electromagnetic in your own wand. That's right. That's right. Or maybe maybe yeah. the first step with this whole Accio thing is that you say that and it just gives you the coordinates of it, and then you go get. Uh, yeah, it. Then you then you, send, of, then you send your dog. Could could you imagine saying, you know, oh car keys? Yeah, that's right. And then, and then Bing. There you go. And then and then you know there's some sort of Google Maps which gives you directions there. Turn yep. left at the couch. Ooh, Toto, car keys are on the couch. That's right. And then then you said go send your dog. Yeah. Yeah. I like Fetch. It. Fetch. Yeah. That works. Um, there's invisibility, which is which we might talk about uh, in in future episodes, or refer people back to what's type invisibility into the search box on the website, uh, and you'll find heaps of stuff. Uh, and uh, some sort Lazy. of some sort of uh, memory reading at a distance, um, which is going to be sort mm. of impossible. Uh, a team you need to carry around with you a team of trained scientists, possibly a trained locksmith, um, or you've already gone to TAFE for a year and done your course, done your rock picking course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's so that's that's sort of what I noted down as what as what's going to be in our wand. Yeah, so it's a little more extensive than uh, a little bit of wood. So so in our um, in our rating scale, then out of ten, uh, how many Professor Snape's out of ten would you would you give the chance <laughs> of uh, any of this coming true into the future? Well. Uh, well, some of them are here, aren't they? So let's, let's, some of them are here, let's forget so, that. So let's not think of some of the more of difficult ones. Putting the entire package together. Mm. What are we looking at as the, the most difficult? Well, the mind reading. And, I'd say the mind reading and the whole uh, uh, summoning things to you might be quite difficult. They might be the, the tricks. Yeah, mm. I think the holograms and the stun guns and... Yeah, well, yeah. the sort of dazzling business to disorientate, yeah. even to do your bidding. Yeah, you can imagine, I you know, there's hypnosis, which which works, you know. And some people can be really convincing. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I'll do that. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah, and there's you even just have to be a bit persuasive. You just got to do an acting course. Maybe do that at night yeah. when you're doing your locksmith course. And possibly a psychology course, just to you know. Work on those buttons that you need to press. That's right. And failing all that, there's probably some chemical solution. You, f- you fling them in the eyes with something and it's absorbed through the skin and, mm. you know, all of a sudden you're very you're open to suggestion, rehypnol-like. Yeah. Okay. So maybe some really concentrated dose of rehypnol. Yeah. So you might need a pillbox as well. So, yeah, something like that. Or it could be in your, it, like in, in your super soaker. You go, yeah. you click. And then, um, you know, it shoots Rehypnol. You wouldn't want to press the wrong button, would you? Yeah. You'd have Luminol in there, I suppose, as well. And of course, you'd have... A bit of Luminol. You'd have a bit of Luminol in there, yeah. Yeah. That's that's technologically solvable. Many of these are. Yeah. Quite realistic in some way. But it's very much the utility belt approach, isn't it? It is. It's more of a Batman than a Harry Potter. It's more of a Batman than, yeah. Or a Ghostbuster. Or, or yeah, a Ghostbusters is a good a good analogy, isn't it? Mm. That, and that's something we're definitely going to have to do in a future episode. Well, 
that's about all the time we have in this edition of the Mr. Science Show, the podcast where science meets pop culture. And of course, a big thank you to Dr. Boob, aka Dr. Christopher Pettigrew, who joined us via Skype for this conversation into the science of Harry Potter. We're going to do more into the future because there is a world of Harry Potter that we haven't actually talked about yet. If you've got any comments or queries or any suggestions for how we might actually be able to solve some of the Harry Potter problems, and uh, as you can probably hear, we didn't really solve many of them, get over to the website at www.mrscienceshow.com and leave us some comments. Or you can leave the comments on Facebook if you like, facebook.com slash Show. There's plenty of links on both those sites for further information on what we talked about today. And you can get in contact with me on Twitter as well. I'm trying to get Dr. Boob to have an account. Maybe lend your support to that personal campaign of mine. Well, hopefully it won't be another three months before I get to do another podcast, but we'll see how we go. Newborn babies certainly take up a fair bit of time, but it's an awful lot of fun. So thanks for tuning in, and I'll catch you next time. My name is Mark West on the podcast where science meets pop culture. Say something witty. Something witty. Uh, um, I, I've got to think of a joke. What's pink and red? Um, a, a newspaper that's... Oh, wait. No, I told it wrong. What's red and white? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's red and white? Pink. <laughs> that's a good joke. It is, but it really... It's, it's all in the telling. It, it, it's, it's all in the telling. <laughs> <laughs>